Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We're going to start things out here with a special guest, uh, we bring people. I like to bring people on when something pretty outstanding happens. I think in the in the world of activism and in today's world, uh, this police state situation that we find ourselves in here in the United States. Anybody that stands up to some extent to the police, I think, is uh, is a cut above most people and deserves to be focused on. And this man did that. His name is Trevor Leach, and he is with us from the Young Americans. For Liberty Organization, Trevor, you're on Free Talk Live. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Before we get started, uh, tell us a little bit about Young Americans for Liberty. We can come back and talk more about it, but I want to just kind of preface what it was you were doing before the police decided to harass you and your friends recently in Washington, D.C. Well, Young Americans for Liberty is a liberty-minded, chapter-based student organization with a little over 140 forming and active chapters on both high school and college campuses uh, nationwide. Mm -hmm. Uh, We kind of seek to recruit, train, educate, and mobilize students on the ideals of liberty and the Constitution. And uh, kind of going along uh, on those lines, we held our first ever national convention this past weekend. And as part of that, uh, we broke the students down into independent groups and sent them out into Washington, D.C. to kind of hold their own little activism projects to Mm -hmm. uh, get some hands-on experience with what they'll be doing when they return back to their campuses. Cool. So you were going out. Are you one of the the folks that's kind of working behind the scenes at the Young Americans for Liberty? What's your role? Yes, I am. I'm the uh, national events director here with you all. Okay, great. So uh, so where did you, were you leading this particular expedition, or did it just happen to be you that was in front of the camera? Uh, I guess it just happened to be coincidence. I wasn't, at, I wasn't even going to go out during the day, but I uh, decided to have Jeff, our executive director, kind of take care of some of the food so I could head out in the field and just make sure nothing happened. And it turned out the group that I uh, ended up teaming uh, up with was the one that was confronted by a D.C. SWAT and also a host of public cops. And that's where the video gets really interesting. People can go and see it for themselves at yaliberty.org. That's the Young Americans for Liberty website, yaliberty.org. It's it's my understanding it's right there on the, the front page it of is. the website. I just watched so it. People uh, I can... believe so. And if not, if you go to YouTube and you just go to the Young Americans for Liberty YouTube channel, uh, it's right on there as well. Okay, great. So uh, I would play it on the air, but the audio isn't that great. It's subtitled, and the subtitles are very helpful. So thank you to whoever uh, decided to go through with that. So you guys were just doing a, a protest. I mean, First Amendment, freedom to assemble. I think we're all pretty familiar with that particular sort portion. of an anti-healthcare protest. It looked like anti-government healthcare. Yeah, let me just first say thank you uh, to some of our uh, student activists out here at the convention. They actually stayed up until 7 o'clock the next morning uh, transcribing the audio and getting all those subtitles in. So, again, thank you to all those that uh, made those subtitles work. So you guys uh, were there yeah, doing we, a, a health care, uh, anti-socialized health care protest, right? And, and it was public property. Yeah, yeah we went out and we put uh, – Broke it up into groups of about nine to twelve students per group, split up all around the National Mall. If you're familiar with the National Mall at all, you know it's gigantic. Yes. And so we went out and uh, we're having the different groups petition against government-run healthcare. 
And how long did it take for the police to decide to give you some harassment? Uh, the police actually showed up on two occasions prior to when we started the video, and then as well, and then once the, uh, the video starts is when the D.C. police and SWAT team shows up. But about 30 minutes when we uh, after being out there is when an unmarked police officer came up and uh, explained to us we just had to cross the street over into the National Mall as we couldn't stand on the sidewalk in front of uh, Smithsonian, which is a public sidewalk about mm-hmm. six, eight feet wide with a gigantic pedestrian crossing going across the Nas- National Mall there. And so there's only about five or six of us on that side of the sidewalk and then about three or four people on the other side of the sidewalk. So we kind of refused to move to that police officer and then just kept going about. And then about 15, 20 minutes later is when uh, the Smithsonian uh, cops came out and once again told us, you guys have to move across the street. You can't stand on this sidewalk. <laughs> again, we refused. Good for and you. And about another half hour later is when the D.C. police showed up with the lights blaring, and then that's where the video starts, and the SWAT team comes as well. So, so wow. Well, first of all, congratulations <laughs> on um, standing up for yourselves and not just immediately doing as these people say. It seems to me that the police are pretty good at just making crap up and coming up and giving people, telling people what to do in the hopes that they'll just do it instead of actually mm-hmm. saying no. And that's well, one of the things that you guys did really well. I, I agree, but in this case, you had the, uh, the, the the SWAT team guy come up and... What looked like a death mobile? I swear to God. I mean, it looked like yeah. it could be bristling with uh, 50 cows. It was a, a dangerous-looking vehicle, and the guy was quoting off uh, statutes and things like that that say basically, um, "You're required to have permission in order to have free speech," uh, right, or whatever, permit. whatever kind of double speak Orwellian nonsense he was spouting off. Uh, well, the slaves over there got their permit. Now you need to go get yours. Because yeah. there was another group nearby that was also protesting that apparently had their P- their permission slip, and uh, you didn't. But first, the, the local, was it a D.C. cop? Who was the, the lady in white that was talking to you uh, first? That was the D.C. cop, yes. All right, so she came up. She was trying to gather information from you about who's in charge, which is one of the things that, funny. that we've seen them do a lot. Uh, we're, by the way, doing this show for New Hampshire, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Free State Project, but we can talk about that in a little I- bit. But one yes, of the I'm from upstate New York. So. Oh, excellent, excellent. So, uh, so yeah, one of the things that that we've certainly seen the police do is uh, try to gather information on who's in charge. So, if you've got a decentralized movement and nobody really is in charge, then you know we we've got this eight year old that we like to point to. Oh, he's he, the president. He's, yeah, he's the president. Uh, so that's what she was doing when the SWAT <laughs> team guy came up and interrupted, and that's where things got particularly interesting. What happened then? Um, that is when the SWAT team uh, will SWAT. Sergeant Dillon uh, more or less threatened us with arrest unless we disassembled and left. Uh, he cited uh, the federal statute, which we looked up later that day, and it says you do not require a permit if your group is smaller than 25 people. So even the PETA people across way in the National Mall, there's only about four of them, even they didn't uh, need to get a permit either. So he started rambling off about that, and we were well under that number. There's about 12, 13 of us in that one location, and then more. Again, the National Mall is huge, and people really far in all distances not, couldn't even see him or hear him. Um, and again, just kept threatening arrest, being coercive. And, uh, you can actually hear in the video, if you turn up the audio, the Veltro on his belt, uh, when it says reaches for taser, he reaches right in there and un- uh, unveltros it. Wow. And so again, I... Was uh, he by himself? Was... Well, he said during the video, uh, he said, if you guys don't disassemble, I'm going to call them all over here and mm-hmm. take you guys to jail. So he, uh, we're assuming that he was referring to the rest of the people that rode over with him in the vehicle. 
you know, I found it interesting they didn't get out. Like they would have, they would have had to have been in the back of this SWAT truck. I don't know. Mm. Was, was it running at the time? Did you notice? Uh, yes, it was. Okay. And there was people. Um, again, the National Mall is all like they could have been all around, so we don't know that. But then there's also uh, Smithsonian cops were out there still. Gotcha. So, so he demanded basically saying, you've got to have a permit, you don't have one, so either uh, disperse or you'll be arrested. Now, there was one point in the video where somebody says, and there's been some, I guess, some disagreement over who said it. Somebody says, you don't have freedom of speech. Was that the cop or was that somebody in the background? No, that actually was the cop. Okay. <laughs> wow. How blatant. I mean, they're just right up front about it nowadays. Uh, they're just letting... like, you can actually, like he's looking at one of the protesters when he says it. Like he looks away from me mm-hmm. and he's saying when it's one of the protests, he's like he's saying something that you don't have free speech when the person behind me is saying something about First Amendment rights. And free it's speech. amazing. He looks at them right next to me and says, you don't have free speech. My, f- my favorite part of the video is the very end where you ask him what his name is. You've decided to, to, to call it a day <laughs> and you ask him what his name is. And he says, Officer <laughs> Dylan. And then or no, you said uh, he says Dylan. And you said, well, thank you, Officer Dillon, as you, you're turning around, and he goes, it's Sergeant Dillon. And then you say, thank you, Officer mm-hmm. Dillon, <laughs> and just walk off, <laughs> as though he deserves uh, any respect uh, after, you know, as though, as though you're going to respect his authority or his uh, badge and his rank after he treated you like that. Hey, Trevor, can you hang on? I want to bring you back, talk more about what, uh, what the Young Americans for Liberty is doing. You got time for that? Absolutely. All right, great. Hang on. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. If the Young Americans for Liberty is involved in teaching young people how to stand up for themselves, then that's definitely something I would support. More coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got our Facebook profile. You can go to facebook.freetalklive.com. Click Become a Fan and get on board over there. And that's facebook.freetalklive.com. Also, Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your best chance for liberty in your lifetime, getting together with hundreds and soon thousands of like-minded, liberty-oriented people all in the same geographic region to get active for liberty. And it's already happening with hundreds already having moved here to New Hampshire. More are on the way. Over 9,500 people have currently been pledged to move to New Hampshire. So it's quite the movement, and it just keeps getting more exciting as the weeks go by. And of course, we bring you a lot of that information here. But go to freestateproject.org to learn more about that. That's freestateproject.org. We go back to the Young Americans for Liberties, Trevor Leach. He's with us from their Washington, D.C., I guess the, the headquarters. Uh, YALiberty.org is the website. That's YALiberty.org. It's where you can see a video of Trevor and a few others confront, being confronted by a SWAT team member from Washington, D.C. as they were protesting or demonstrating or doing outreach on the National Mall. And the, uh, the, the issue was health care, uh, anti-socialized health care kind of uh, protest. And the cops showed up to threaten them a few times. And then after they didn't leave, they sent the SWAT team out. And the SWAT guy basically said, look, you'll either leave or we're going to bring the guys out of the back of the truck and we're going to make you leave. 
And so what they would have charged you with, I don't know, illegal demonstration without a permit or disorderly conduct. They always have their kind of catch-all charges that they can pull out and, and hit you with. So you, at uh, reluctantly and slowly, to your credit, you certainly took your time. You, uh, Although I, your adrenaline may have been pumping, you appeared very cool and uh, pretty calm throughout the throughout this video, Trevor. So uh, have you had experience with the police before, or was this your first time? Uh, I've had some experience with uh, police before, yes. Okay, because... From different things and different activism projects. Excellent. It does... Would you say it gets easier over time? Uh, it definitely does. Well, when you're first doing it, the adrenaline definitely uh, is pumping. But over time, you just kind of get used to it. Uh, same with anything. Practice makes perfect. Sure. The more you do it, the, more, the better uh, educated you are as to how to approach it. So, yeah. you know, uh, the, dealing with the authorities is not like dealing with a customer service agent at a business. <laughs> It's nothing like it. These people can shoot you, taser you, put throw you in a holding cell. They can do whatever they want. Yeah, make some and, stuff up later about uh, it. You know, I mean, the the idea is is that these people are our servants and that these people are people too and all that other stuff. But at the same time, these are people that can do pretty much whatever the hell they want to do to you and get away with it. So that can be pretty intimidating, no doubt about it. But you handled yourself well, and you you did a you did a pretty good job of asking them questions. Uh, one of the things that uh, has been recommended by people like the anti-terrorist is uh, he, he does a great YouTube channel, but is basically asking the police questions in response to their questions. Obviously, they'll it'll only you'll only be able to get so far with that. Eventually, they will want to arrest you. But I had a very similar situation happen last year. When some of the activists here in Keene, New Hampshire, the Liberty activists decided to go out to some of the polling locations and hand out some basically some voluntarist literature. And there was a cop that came up. They called that. First of all, the, the, the voting bureaucrats tried to scare us off, which we weren't leaving. So they called the cops and then three cop cars show up and one of the sergeants gets out and basically he begged us to leave. We we kept standing there and asking questions and talking to this guy and and not budging at all. And he basically got to the point where he was begging us to leave, and I figured, well, since he's begging, we'll go ahead and leave. We didn't really feel like getting arrested today. And was that pretty much your decision? Like, you just didn't feel like getting arrested, so you just decided to uh, to call it a day? Uh, not at all. As the events director, uh, some of the attendees we had down at the convention were between the uh, ages of 15 and 17, a dues-paying member of y'all between 15 and 39. Mm -hmm. So I had promised uh, some of the younger attendees, their parents, that I would maintain a watchful eye over their <laughs> children uh, when they're kind of out doing activism projects and whatnot. Right. So I kind of wasn't about to have these uh, minors arrested out there. Right. So, uh, so you were you you, uh, you had a, something else to consider. That that makes sense, and I, I I certainly appreciate that. Plus, and I wouldn't blame you for wanting to go to a Washington D.C. jail. I've been to the jail here in Keene, New Hampshire, and it's pretty nice compared to some of them out there. I don't think that necessarily mm. to be have a successful protest that one has to go to jail. No, but it would make for sexier video. I think. I mean, that was a pretty good video that, as it is. I don't think I, that that's video a cop seems arrest, fine enough for me. Having a cop arrest somebody for holding a sign is pretty harsh. You can get it anywhere, though. I you can get that. There's anyway. no shortage of that. This video basically showed them breaking up a peaceful protest. Yeah, the no, cop, it was great. The cop uh, mimicking and parroting the crap that was said at Nuremberg. It's just my job. It's my job. Uh, yeah. Right, whatever. I think that I think that it was fine to me that this this was great. It got to show. I don't know. I mean, the fact that he's got um, y'all behind him, Y-A-L, uh, behind him, manages to push it to thousands and thousands of more people. Yeah. Hopefully, people see this and say, "Oh, wow." I guess we don't have the right to peaceably assemble. Hmm. 
So what did you, uh, how did you find this whole liberty message, Trevor? What's your story? Uh, I graduated from the Maxwell School of Citizenship and Public Affairs up there at Syracuse University. And uh, after I graduated, uh, I took a position with uh, Dr. Paul's campaign. I had been a fan of Dr. Paul for a long time, uh, since an early age. Uh, when I was about in third grade, I asked my dad the difference between fiat and sound currency. Gosh. He explained <laughs> all the Federal Reserve to me and monetary policy. And so I was about eight years old, nine years old at the time. And then come about the time of middle school, high school, is when I started learning about Dr. Paul. And ever since then, I just fell in love with a lot of his economic policies. And when I had the opportunity to join his campaign, I took it in a heartbeat. And ever since then, I've been working to preserve our most fundamental freedoms. Well, thank you uh, for, for getting active and, and caring about what's happening in the world around you. Uh, I have to ask, do you, you said you were familiar with the Free State Project. Are you a participant? Are you a member of the Free State Project? I've looked into moving to New Hampshire, but it's, uh, again, with the whole job situation. And right now, I have a pretty decent home here in Yall. But uh, we do have a Yale away a YAL presence up there in New Hampshire with uh, Chris Pile, who's a Northeastern Regional Coordinator. I know he's a free stater up there. Cool. And, well, uh, so the reason I ask is because it, so. I, the reason I ask is because I think that if you spend some time up here in New Hampshire and come on up for the the upcoming Liberty Forum, for instance, it might be an event. I don't know if the if the Young Americans for Liberty had a table at any of the the events. Mark, do you recall that? I, I don't, don't know. If know. They have. I know the camp. I think the campaign for Liberty did. But uh, why a they are affiliated? I believe yeah. But uh, but that might be a good event for you guys to look into the upcoming New Hampshire Liberty Forum next year. It's a convention yeah. style uh, event where people get together and there's speeches and panel discussions and all kinds of. Uh, it's a really great time and it might be something that you'll want to look into. But the reason I ask is uh, because I just want to make it uh, you know personally extend an invitation to really outstanding activists like yourself. This is uh, a great destination for people that are really active in the in the Liberty movement and some of the best of the best are coming up here to new hampshire so i just wanted to personally extend an invitation to have you come up not to mention that but the uh, the people that are active here in new hampshire are actually having success trevor how's it going in washington uh, it's going well <laughs> well uh, you guys are having some good good luck with the uh the in the, uh, excuse me the audit the fed bill but i i suspect washington's probably on its merry way to getting bigger and uh you know having less sound uh, monetary policies every day any other thoughts on that, Is that uh, right, Trevor? Trevor? Oh, can you, yeah, can you say that again? You're kind of trying to break up for me. Apologize. I was just suggesting that Washington's getting bigger all the time and, uh, you know, that the monetary policy is uh, getting less and less sound there, uh, you know, no matter what an activist do, does. Do you think there's hope for Washington, D.C., Trevor? Uh, I think there's hope for the republic in general. Uh, down here in Washington, YL is just, it's really a bottom-up organization. I'll tell you what, I'm going to bring you back here in a moment, movement. if you don't mind. Hang on, we'll come back with more Trevor and your calls as well. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It is Ian here with you. Hey, I'm Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those, including the chat room, open 24 hours a day. You can go to chat.freetalklive.com. Best time to find people, of course, during the show. That's chat.freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one that they do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. 
Sickle knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com, Sickle CAI. We've got Trevor Leach on with us from the Young Americans for Liberty. Their website is yaliberty.org. Trevor, as you said, it's an organization that is dedicated to bringing high school students and college students to the message of freedom. And then once they they understand what liberty is all about, then kind of expanding their horizons, uh, training them for activism, things like that. Is that my correct understanding? Training them and getting them into those leadership roles. Uh, to kind of touch on what you asked me before, uh, we took the break there. If there's any hope for uh, what, any hope for DC? Yes. Uh, if we can get liberty-minded people into these leadership roles across the country and have them eventually here in DC, then yes, there is hope. And uh, that's something that kind of yells in part, uh, hoping to uh, facilitate as well. So. So you're talking to somebody who's pretty jaded, uh, pretty cynical about the whole Washington DC situation. I'd say two people, uh, maybe three. Nick. <laughs> um. I'm not as jaded as okay. you are, Mark. And how old are you? <laughs> I am 21. You're but doing the same thing that I'll, I know. That's but, not fair. It's not fair. But I, yeah, it's just that I've I've seen so much so much uh, fail over well, and over again. Something as Washington D.C. is still there, and they're still governing people. It seems like they're taking on more and more of the governing role from the states and even the localities. So. It makes sense to me that there would be an organization like Young Americans for Liberty that would aim to scale back the size and scope of Washington, the government in Washington, D.C. How effective it is focusing on federal issues compared to local and state, I don't know. Now, now you say there are different state chapters of the Young Americans for Liberty. Is it a nationally focused organization or do they focus on doing in in the different states different activism there? Uh, both YA National, uh, we focus on both state and federal issues, but we pretty much our chapters is very decentralized and grassroots, and we let our different chapters, they know what's prevalent on their campus in, in their communities. They know whether it be lumber mill issues or water issues, what, what are the hot button issues, and what's important in their communities. We're, so we're, we give them the opportunity to speak out what it is that they want to. We're just hoping to provide them with the tools and techniques to be effective to accomplish what they want. That's a good thing. So when you say tools and techniques, give me an idea. I mean, if I'm a high school student maybe putting together this Young Americans for Liberty group, it's my understanding there are dues that have to be paid? Oh, uh, yes. You need uh, just to form a chapter. It's three uh, dues-paying members, and dues are uh, $10. But incorporated in those dues, you get a subscription to our publica- our, uh, quarterly annual publication, A Young American Revolution, uh, inside track to jobs and internships, uh, eligibility eligibility for events such as the uh, national convention and uh, other y'all national events is really and a host of other things. That, uh, Point of clarification, Trevor, is that ten bucks a month, ten bucks a year? That's ten dollars annually. Okay, that's pretty reasonable. I think uh, I think your average high school kid can well, can uh, afford ten bucks. Yeah, and I'm noting mm-hmm. here on the Y Liberty uh, website. You do keep track of the chapters, and so there is kind of some overhead there as you add chapters. Mm -hmm. The the central organization does have more overhead in trying to coordinate things and keep track. So to me, it it does make sense that you would have dues to cover some of those expenses. Sure. Mm So, uh, so this also, or, go ahead. kind of touched on that, but uh, we also, for example, this past convention, we brought them down and we uh, had an entire campaign school about how, uh, how to do direct mail fundraising, how to fundraise in general, how to run campaigns, and then the activism projects, how to hold your own events. 
and then a whole day dedicated to how to build your y'all chapter, how to hold events on your campus, how to table and everything like that, to touch on techniques. Right. So we also kind of taught these chapters how to uh, grow their own chapters and be successful out on their own. The idea is to keep it uh, feeding in with new recruits, right? Because if you form a chapter and then everybody graduates, then it's gone. So you have to keep bringing new people in year after year, I imagine. Mm-hmm. And this is something yeah, I... That's one other thing we touched on during the convention is we had a whole lecture on leadership and leadership development and how to identify new people that could potentially take on those roles in the future. Great. I think that's all very, I think that's all very exciting. And it sounds like a, a positive organization out there uh, working at uh, making a difference. I don't know if I think a difference can be made in Washington, D.C., but, you know, if you've thrown it up against the wall enough times and you decide it's not working, come on out here to New Hampshire and, well, uh, and help us out And here. I will point out <laughs> that people can move to New Hampshire and while the focus of the Free State Project is on making things more free in the state of New Hampshire, you can focus on federal issues that affect the state of New Hampshire. I mean, New Hampshire's still in the Union. For the, now. The, the, fed, the federal <laughs> issues do still have an effect, so I don't see anything wrong with doing activism aimed at federal issues from New Hampshire if you're a member of the Free State Project. How do you feel, uh, Trevor, just I mean, personally, how do you feel about the idea of declaring independence, maybe as one of the states leaving the Union, something like that? I am absolutely all in favor of the uh, Tenth Amendment movement, the state sovereignty movement that we're experiencing right now. I am all for Texas uh, utilizing their constitutional rights to secede from the republic or any other state for that matter. All right, excellent. So uh, let's see, Mark. Any questions for Trevor? Well, we've got him here. I know. I mean, you've been asking the questions that I want to know the answers to. One more that I can think of here tonight is that you mentioned that you've got paying members all the way up to age 39. Maybe I misheard you, but it's also an organization that's focusing on high schoolers and college-age people. How can people who are not in college, people who are older, uh, get involved? Is that possible? Is it they can only contribute? Or what, what sort of roles are there for people that are, you know, over the age of 23 or whatever? Um, you can get in contact with uh, us here at uh, Y'all National at uh, con- the email address be contact at yaliberty.org, and we can put you in contact with local chapters that are near you, uh, the state coordinator down there, the regional coordinators for wherever, whatever area you might be in, and do so that way you can contact whatever chapters are near you, find out what they're doing, say, hey, do you guys need help with this activism event? I would like to come out and help you guys with this. What are you guys doing? So if you just get uh, email contact at yaliberty.org, we'll put you in contact if you're not not on a campus or high school. Okay, very cool. Uh, Nick, any questions for him? Because I'm running out. No, I think I've pretty everything's been explained pretty well. Trevor, is there anything else you wanted to share with our audience while we have you? Uh, I would just like to say that uh, all of our efforts aren't possible with uh, supporters like yourselves and all of our generous donors all across the country. So if you like what you're doing, uh, please take the time and visit www.yaliberty.org slash donate. Because, again, all these efforts are made possible by uh, people that love liberty. So Great. And if, and if you go to yaliberty.org, there's the, the video that we're talking about with you and the SWAT mm-hmm. team guy. And that's that's the number one reason to go and take a look. I think that's, uh, it's, that's the reason I wanted to have you on the show, because you did an awesome job at standing up for your freedom, uh, even though you don't really have it, just as we don't. But, uh, you know, you stood up as long as you possibly could. You went right to the brink of arrest, and then you decided to call it a day. And I think that you handled it, I think you handled it perfectly. Uh, well done. Thank you so much, and uh, thanks for having me on. Thanks, Trevor. I appreciate having you, and uh, look forward to more from the uh, Young Americans for Liberty getting out there and continuing to get active, and maybe we'll see some more exciting videos in the future. Thanks for the time tonight.
Uh, y'all take care. All right. Good night. That's yaliberty.org. That's their website. And uh, great. I'm glad, you know, more young people getting into the movement, I think, is a great thing. And, you know, the, the <laughs> that's certainly where you have an opportunity for growth is with young people. If the, if you have a movement that is getting grayer and grayer as the years go by, that's a very bad sign. You need to be bringing in new people just to keep things on an even keel. And ideally, the movement would be growing at an accelerating pace. I'm, I'm really of the opinion that the, uh, the sort of liberty movement in general is uh, a, a movement of young people. And it sure is now more so than I would say a decade ago. I mean, a, a decade ago, Mark, you were coming to, uh, coming to the Libertarian Party meetings down in uh, Florida, weren't you? Uh, in 1999? Back? No. About 2000, right? Maybe right 2000 ish, somewhere. Well, shortly thereafter, you there wasn't came much going on there. there. There wasn't anything like young people at those meetings, right? Those meetings were mostly men over the age of 40, I would say. Yeah, a few of them, yeah, a handful. 1 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can bring up anything. But uh, And it's not just an exclusively young person's movement, but we're seeing a real influx recently, and I think that's a healthy thing. More on the way. You can take control. Bring up anything. There's some really disturbing news from the U.K. coming up next. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800 259 9231, it is Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us at freetalklive.com. And if you enjoy this program and want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. That's amazon.freetalklive.com as we go to your phone calls about whatever you want. George is in New Jersey, and you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, George. Uh, hey, how you doing? I'm just here to talk about the uh, quattrosexuals and, you know, what we have to go through. A quattrosexual? Yes. Can you define that, please? Yeah, well, a, a lot of people actually ask this question, but uh, it's really like girls. We like girls, but we can't get the past, so... We switch to guys, and we also like girls that dress like guys. Slow down, slow down a second like there, girls. George. George, slow down. You said you like girls, but you can't get the cash? No, no, just can't get past to the point where we actually can, you know, communicate with them to a stronger level. So you, you aren't able to actually, you don't believe you're able to connect with uh, with a woman, so you like the woman, but you can't, you don't feel like you can communicate with them? Exactly. Okay, so then what? Um, what, what did you miss? Well, I, you, you lost me there. So you 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 like girls, but you can't communicate them. So what else? Uh, we also like girls that dress like guys. Okay, so tra- so cross-dressing girls, you prefer that over regular girls? Yes. All right. So why, why in particular? Uh, I don't know. That's just the way how I feel. I mean, that's okay. how me seeing me and some of my friends feel. Now, what is that? why is it uh, why is the term quattrosexual? Where does the four factor come in? Okay, uh, we like girls. That's one. Okay, okay. That's we like. Okay. We think we like guys. Okay, so that's a little division there. That's the conflict, internal conflict. Uh-huh. We like girls that dress like guys. Okay, that's three. And we like guys that also dress like girls. So four. you are just all over the place there. Now, uh, now, how many quattrosexuals do you know? Uh. About 17. 17, huh? And how old yes. are you? 19. Where did you meet so many quattrosexuals? Is it just really popular these days, or what? 
Well, I've met a few online, um, you know, through Facebook, MySpace. Oh, uh, okay. I mean in real life. Like, how many real-life quadrosexuals do you know? Uh, about three. Now, how would I, if I were to uh, be walking down the street, perhaps, and uh, come somewhere near a quadrosexual, how would I know? Uh, it's Well, it's more of a thing where you become comfortable with the person. Uh, you know, you might not, you know, right away, you know, you can tell the difference between a straight person and a gay person. You know, Sometimes. You can tell that right away. But Sometimes, yeah. But a quadrosexual is somebody who is, you know, uh, more internally conflicted with this problem. More, more of an um, enigma, basically, a little little more difficult to uh, to sniff them out. So do you pretty much just have to, I mean, just throw it out there to somebody and ask them, do you like guys that dress like girls or do you like girls that dress like guys? And then, you know, kind of... Well, how do you... you know, sometimes the way I dress, you know, sometimes attracts other guys, you know, and I... So do you, you, know, you like, actually do, do... you wear high heels? So you also engage in cross-dressing? Uh, occasionally. Now, um, Not, the, when the mood strikes. Do, does the term, is the term quattrosexual accepted at this point, or is this just something that you've made up and called the radio show about? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious here. No, it's nothing I've made up. It, it's been around, you know. I'm not, I mean, it's, you know, a sort of a newer term like the term emo. You think about it, you know, that wasn't around, you know, say 10 years ago. Yeah, I mean, you know, somebody took punk rock music and made a new name for it. Yeah. I tell you what, you know, you learn something new every night here on Free Talk Live. I uh, I wish you good luck out there, George. Is it's it's probably not easy being a quatrosexual. Would you say it's it's more difficult? I mean, maybe more difficult than being a homosexual in in, in the American well, society. Well, definitely. I mean, I, I just you know I'm sick of people always coming down on us, and it's a problem for years. I mean, I've even done my research, and ever since World War II, we've had this problem. There were soldiers that actually felt this way. Uh, you know, during World War II, there's a few times where people would actually dress up like women to, you know, entertain other guys, and I believe that these people were quatrosexuals. Now, how do you spell quatrosexual? Exactly how it sounds. Q-U-A-T-R-O-S-E-X-U-A-L. Now, I'm looking here at the Urban Dictionary, and I don't know if you're pulling my leg here, George. The Urban Dictionary says a quatrosexual is one who's willing to do anything sexual for a quarter. Really? Okay, yeah. well, that's uh, I'm actually on the computer right now. Now, I'll be fa- to be fair, it's the only definition there, and there are a lot of uh, urban terms that have several de- definitions. The Urban Dictionary is one of the most useful uh, web devices out there because there's so much slang in society today. When you hear yeah, one of the, the hip new phrases and you're like me and you're completely not in a, any sort of hip, cool culture, you can always go to the Urban Dictionary at urbandictionary.com and punch in whatever uh, groovy phrase it might be that uh, that you're hearing, and so so you can actually submit your own definition. So maybe you need to go in there and create a, a new definition that then people can vote it up or vote it down depending on how you know if they they agree with uh, the definition. And maybe your definition will end up being the number one. So it sounds like this is a pretty much a brand new thing, man. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate yeah, no, hearing you're from very you. Welcome, but Thanks. I would never have sex. Very good. Quarter, I don't know what I don't. Well, I don't care who you have sex with. That's your business. For a quarter. Yeah, but not for a quarter. Oh, okay. Well, then you aren't. You definitely need to get in there, urbandictionary.com, and add your own definition. Thanks for the call tonight. If you do it for free, why wouldn't you do it for a quarter? Mm, because then that makes you a prostitute? I suppose. Is that, does that the idea of that break your heart? No, I no, don't care I about prostitution. See? Well, I think everybody, to some extent, is a prostitute. I mean, to some extent. Selling your labor somehow. Right, right. I mean, if, you, if you're in a bar and uh, you, you're buying someone drinks instead of giving them cash, isn't that pretty much the same thing? I mean, a lot of people pick each other up in bars in America, don't they? Yep. I, I've never done it myself, but I certainly have seen it in the, in the movies. 
800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Let's go to John in Washington. You are on Free Talk Live. Hi, how you doing? Hey, John. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, well, my name is Johnny Weaver. I'm a member of Young Americans for Liberty. Young, just had our young first Americans ever, what, I'm sorry. for yeah, Liberty, the same Americans folks we had on Liberty. today? I, I right. just couldn't hear what he said. Okay. Correct. We're YAL is what we go by, Young Americans for Liberty. Gotcha. We're a sister organization to Campaign for Liberty. I don't know if you were listening at the beginning of the hour, but we actually had uh, Trevor from Young Americans for Liberty on the show for the first three segments of this hour. That so, is awesome. So we've Fantastic. actually talked quite a bit about Young Americans for Liberty. What okay. was on your mind tonight? I, I was just wondering what you guys thought about that, what the people are saying about it. it. It seemed pretty ludicrous that they called SWAT on a bunch of students that were just trying to wake people up to the truth. Well, it doesn't. It didn't really surprise me. Obviously, uh, I'm obviously I'm I'm pretty upset by their behavior. That is the SWAT team's behavior. But it's not shocking to me at all. I think that it's fortunate that they were able to get out of there without handcuffs on and uh, without a taser uh, attack going on. So I think that all things considered, it, it went as well as it, it could have. It could have gotten much more confrontational and, or violent, depending on how rogue the police officer is that you're dealing with. But this is typical across America, where people are being told that they don't have the freedom of press, they don't have uh, the freedom of speech. Here in Keene, New Hampshire, we've had people arrested for recording video in a public court lobby uh, down there you've been threatened for holding signs and video uh, videographers in Miami and across the country have had encounters with the police that have been less than friendly and downright dangerous so it's just for from our perspective here on the show as watching the police state rise for the last however long we've been doing this show six years or whatever it's been uh, Seven, I guess, almost at this point. But watching the police state just continue to get worse, this is just another video in a series of them. But the reason I wanted to have Trevor on the show was to, was to talk about what they did and, and what they're doing with the Young Americans for Liberty and bringing more people to the ideas of freedom that are of a younger uh, age set, I think, is uh, is a pretty valuable thing. So I'm glad that uh, that they're out it there is, doing it. It is absolutely ludicrous. I think Officer Dillon should go uh, get online and go to uh, oathkeepers.com. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Is it oath-keepers or is it oathkeepers? I thought there was a believe, hyphen in there. I believe it's just oathkeepers. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm sure if you Google oathkeepers, you'll be able to pull that up. That's a website you were telling us about recently, Mark, where the police officers and the members of the military can actually go and reaffirm basically that they're following an oath to uphold the Constitution, not necessarily just blindly obey orders. Is that basically the case? Well, correct. Yeah. The Constitution is the highest law on the land, and he's given us uh, of lower laws, which the Constitution trumps. And not to mention the law that he mentioned uh, was the, the stipulation in there was 25 people are over. We had less than 20 people at that specific location. Well, uh, the thing is, the cops will just make stuff up, and even if you have less than the uh, the amount, you never agreed to their laws in the first place. You certainly aren't obligated in any way besides the gun on that man's hip to obey them. But even if you had four people and the limit was 50, uh, it wouldn't matter because they could still arrest you for some nonsense like disorderly conduct. They wouldn't necessarily have to charge you with uh, assembly without a permit. They could just make something else up, one of their catch-all uh, crimes, and, and arrest you and charge you and send you to jail based on that. And let me tell you, they would not hesitate to do something like that. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Hour number two is on the way. You can bring up anything disturbing news from the United Kingdom of the worst order. Coming up, it's Free Talk Live. 
Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features there are free, as are they free over at Nick's website which is freemindsmedia.com. Nick is the host, one of the hosts of Free Minds TV and Free Minds Radio, so you can get great, uh, more extra liberty-oriented content beyond the Free Talk Live that you already listen to. If you haven't checked out Free Minds Radio and Free Minds TV, you can do that at freemindsmedia.com. As we continue with your phone calls, let's go to Steve in South Carolina. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Steve, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, well, the guy was talking about quattrosexual, and it just brought up some other Urban Dictionary terms. Oh, there are so I'm... many Urban Dictionary terms. I mean, the Urban Dictionary is a, is a tremendous resource. Yeah, I'm thinking more along the lines of sex. All right. Well, uh, you do realize we're on the radio, so there's only so, uh, there's only so much detail that uh, we can talk about here. But what did you have in mind? I mean, when I watched American Gigolo, I saw, I heard about golden showers, and I was like, okay. So I figured that one out, and then later on, when I was just out of high school and in college, I heard about felching, and I was like, okay. But the latest one that tripped me up yesterday was a Cleveland steamer. <laughs> Where'd you hear about that <laughs> Nothing one? Nothing nice about that one. Yeah. We- oh, I was talking to one of my IT buddies. We were IMing each other, because, you know, we... We're all all over the south region of the United States, and so we were all, and I was like, holy cow, cannot believe this. So I went to the Urban Dictionary and looked it up. I was like, you have got to be kidding me. Yeah, well, uh, that's what we're going to have to leave it at is uh, for people to just go themselves right, to Urban can, Dictionary and can, look, it up. look those things up. But here, i got a couple <laughs> more for you. Have you heard of an angry pirate before? Oh, no. Okay, I'll look that one up. And, and a dirty Sanchez. Oh, dear. Oh, yes, I did hurt. Oh, yes, I know about the Dirty Sanchez. There you go. There's a couple more. You know more than I do, Mark. I'm a little disturbed by that. <laughs> they just tickle me. All right, man. Is that all you had for us tonight? Just an excuse yeah, to uh, yeah. use guys, some slang on the air? Thanks for the call. That's I appreciate it. it. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. UrbanDictionary.com. Pretty neat site. Let's go to the UK. <laughs> Ziggy, you're on the line on Free Talk all right, Live. First of all, it wasn't what I rang in about, but it's your scary story from the UK about putting cameras in certain houses. You betcha. That's the it's one. It's happen. It is happening, right? It's not going right? to happen. The government can't afford it. Wait, it's not going I thought it already happened to 2,000 people. Oh, if it has, 
I can't see the government continuing it. They've already dumped the ID card scheme because they haven't got enough money. Really? Um, you the know, national ID card scheme? about recessions. The, na- the national... Wait, 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 Ziggy. Is in, in a mess, and I can't afford to do Big Brother stuff. So you're saying they're they're scrapping the national ID card thing? It's only going to be a voluntary scheme, and to be honest, I can't see people taking it up. Why would um, you volunteer to do something like that? What what kind of uh, perk are they going to give people to get them to to join in? Just the just the fact that they'll get to carry around their status card? I don't know. I would imagine, though, um, there is one way it might come compulsory. If banks and other outlets which need a compul uh, a form of ID will say we'll only accept this ID card. And then people would have to get it. So you're saying they're running out of cash, they can't afford the police state anymore? Yeah, basically. Anyways, that wasn't what I rang in about. I've got a far scarier story uh, to do with the UN. I'm not one of these conspiratorial nuts, um, usually when it comes to the United Nations, though I don't particularly like the United Nations. However, last week I came across um, an interview uh, on Lou Dobbs with Christopher Hitchens um, that the Islamic bloc of nations um, had already managed to get a non-binding resolution urging uh, countries to bring in laws to prevent criticism of Islam. And now they're pushing for a a binding resolution. Um, I don't know how effective that would be, considering that Israel have got plenty of binding resolutions against it, and they just get the finger. So which country was going to ban criticism of Islam? All of them. The Islamic bloc. Um, you know, countries such as Iran, Jordan, I would gotcha. imagine, uh, Lebanon. The, the, the countries with, with Islamic majorities are pushing the UN to, to, to push for this resolution. What about Iraq? I don't know. Well, I can tell you that uh, there's real freedom in Iraq. The news there today is that the Iraqi government's now cracking down on Internet service providers. So it's a good thing all those soldiers went and died for freedom in Iraq. Yeah. Um, one other story I, I should briefly mention, um, especially for people in the UK, um, an MP yesterday was proposing um, that um, pictures of models should be airbrushed. Mm, yeah, uh, Mark, sorry, should, Mark's uh, got that story. Pictures of, of models which are airbrushed uh, should, play, uh, should actually state they've been airbrushed or they should be banned. Wow. Right. Well, they're, well, they're they're proposing, and you sent me this uh, this article, uh, Ziggy. I'll give you a, a credit on this one. That any... Yeah. And what, what's more is, I actually happen to know the MP who's proposing this, and I'm actually very disappointed. I'll tell you what. I want to get into that here in a moment, but before uh, we get into that, I really want to know about the quatrosexual thing. We had this guy call in last hour, and I think he was just making this this stuff up. But as uh, one of the Mark, you're shaking, shaking your head. You not my so? understanding. I, well, it's not in the Urban Dictionary, so if it's not in the Urban Dictionary, it's not in, there's not really much anything I couldn't going find on. anything on Google I think either. you're spelling it wrong. I think it's quatrosexual. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I, then I'm, perhaps I misspelled it, but as, as one of the uh, few people that, that we know of, at least, that does wear dresses on a regular basis, uh, <laughs> Ziggy, what are your thoughts on the, the whole quatrosexual phenomenon? I've Is heard it? about it, but um, I don't remember it being called that. Um, I've heard about men who dress up as girls and men... And, and women who dress up as men and have and, and have sex before, <laughs> but it's it's not something which um, takes my fancy, and so, I would actually refute um, any suggestion um, that I'm a cross dresser because I wear a dress. All my dresses are actually tailor made to my own. I don't go into a shop and buy dresses off the peg, for, you know, you know, in, in, uh, from Harvey Nicks or wherever. So where do you get the where do you get your dresses tailor made? 
Um, I have a, a dressmaker. I told you she was a, uh, a, a nitrist. Oh, excellent. Well, very yeah, good. I have a, you know, a, a shed at the bottom of a garden. I appreciate that clarification, uh, and I, I didn't call you a crossdresser. I just said that you wear dresses. Yeah, so. but you, 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 in the last hour, you, you, uh, don't always assume that somebody who wears something which is, has often been described as women's clothing is, is a crossdresser. That, that's not always the case, because I don't consider dresses to be the preserve, preserve, preserve of women's fashion. You know, I think that men should have the, you know, should have, you know, have every right to wear men have been uh, wearing kilts uh, i agree with you i mean i absolutely agree men have been wearing wearing kilts for a long time so certainly exactly. that it's been happening and uh, you know it's your body you can do what you want with it yeah thank you ziggy exactly. appreciate the call tonight 800-259-9231 that's the sacl cai toll free line so what is the story mark have you seen the utila kilt i, I have. have not no what is <laughs> it utila kilt I, you know gotta say not uncool, not entirely uncool. What, it has hang? pockets and stuff, doesn't right, it? It's like for hammers or something well, and it's tools? More or less like, the, you know, the, the, I don't even know how to describe the shorts. You know, the shorts that have regular pockets and then have the extra pockets down at the bottom, uh, the, yeah. the secondary pockets. Yeah, I've got some of those on right now. Generally, you don't use those pockets, but they're fun to have. They're the nice accessories for the, yeah. for the shorts. Well, the Utila kilt looks similar to this, except it's a kilt. So it's got pockets, a kilt with pockets all over it. Yeah, I mean, it's, and okay. it's uh, you know, they've, they actually got a commercial for it if you, uh, huh. you know, Google Utila kilt commercial, and it's it's fun, it's exciting, I like it. You're not supposed to wear underwear underneath the kilt, right? I, I, it's it's your body, you can do what it's you want It's traditional with it. to not okay. wear underwear underneath well, I'm the kilt. I'm talking about tradition, but, yeah. yeah but there's... There aren't any traditional people, uh, you know, Scottish people here in this room, and I'm, I suppose that you could claim to be that, uh, but that's fine. I think that underwear is a good, clean Nick's thing. Next Polish, that's close, right? To Scottish? I don't know. It's closer than where we're from. God. Uh, uh, Scot- <laughs> sc- n- not really. Scot- Scotland's uh, not Speak close to yourself. <laughs> My mother's maiden name is Scottish. <laughs> so, is that right? Yes. <laughs> well, New-, New Hampshire does actually have its own approved kilt. By whatever group approves those, a tartan, I should say, <laughs> and it is approved. So. so let's talk about what's going on uh, in the UK, Mark. You had that story that uh, Ziggy sent you. You want to talk about the airbrushing one? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Because like, he led into it, so you might as well. Right. Um, it's well, happening. It's, it, uh, it starts here. It's uh, from... Uh, it's uh, from right, somewhere. Tom, Tom Pap- Papworth is uh, the name of the, the fellow who blog? Uh, no, it's it's an article, but uh, you know Ziggy sent the, uh, the the copy of it. Oh, so just I don't the text. Have the, I don't have the text. Okay, it. it's going to take me a second to uh, you know pull that. Well, up. we'll find but, out about what's happening there because it sounds like it's one of those image things where they're concerned about the, uh, the this con- this sexy image that is constantly portrayed in popular culture, and they're trying to desexify de-sex- uh, it, or for lack of a better term, we'll dig into it here in moments. It's free talk live. You bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it is Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com features including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. See it at shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Mark, you're going to tell us about a story out of the U.K. where they're looking at banning airbrushing. Yep, from liberal-vision.org. I presume that also means they'll be banning Photoshopping because not too many people actually use airbrushes anymore. I think that's what we're really talking about here. Okay. Uh, Article by uh, Tom Papworth. 
we liberal liberal Democrats do love a good banning. Now, um, this these are British or um, you know, uh, yeah, British liberal Democrats. So let's um, be clear that this is not whatever you might be thinking of as a liberal Democrat in the United States. Maybe it's close. I don't know. I, don't know. I think a liberal Democrat, liberal in Europe, tends to mean vaguely libertarianish. It, it means smaller government, free markets is usually, usually what more that localized. Means. Um, is what they they seem to have on their side. Yeah, I mean, usually, usually what people think of as a liberal here in the United States would just be called a socialist in other parts of the world. There's there's all kinds of differences and they're subtle and I'm not gonna you know try to go into them. That will I'll leave that for our uh, our uh, limey listeners. This is um, this is odd for a party that profess liberalism, a belief that individuals should be free to pursue their own ends as they see fit, a philosophy that trusts people to make choices for themselves. Hmm. Sadly, too many within our party do not, as Gladstone said to the Tories, trust the people. And for our uh, par- parliamentary party, the people are all too often seen as immoral exploiters who need to be reined in or as dumb victims who need to be saved from themselves. Joe Swenson has today announced that the Liberal Democrats will seek to ban the airbrushing, I think they actually mean <laughs> use computers uh, these days, of images of models and campaigns aimed at under 16ers, while uh, campaigns aimed at those audiences older will need to state that the photographs have been touched up. Interesting. Yeah, maybe they're actually trying to put the airbrushers out of business. I mean, maybe they're specifically going after airbrushers. I, this I, is going to kill magazines, too. But, well, well, I, and here's the other thing is if you touch up a photograph, shouldn't you have to say that you've used special lighting on a model? Uh, you know, I, I mean, everything makeup a, on this woman. Like, yeah, everything's made in order to to get a certain image and a certain look mm-hmm. in the you know from the photograph. The lighting's an issue. The I mean, you know, why well, is it that the airbrushing after the image is taken matters? And I think it the, the the idea that eliminating the airbrushing is is going to eliminate the the fact that some people have image issues or the fact that some people look at a model and say I'm not as pretty as them. It's not going to change that fact right. because sometimes it's true. It, it is true for mo- most of us are not model material. Yeah. And even if they're not airbrushing the models. They're still going to be more hot than you. I'll definitely <laughs> say that you two are not model material. Joe suggests that we need to help protect children from these pressures, referring to the fact that in their psyche and behavior, seeing images of beautiful people against whom they may measure themselves, we need to make a start by banning airbrushing and adverts aimed at them. <laughs> Frankly, the whole argument is somewhat uh, patronizing to young women, as um, this author has written before. What underlies all of this is not a concern with the practice of airbrushing, but a long history of attacks upon modeling and the appreciation of the physical beauty of physical beauty in general. It is part of an ongoing campaign that includes attempts to ban size zero models, pornography, wow. and beauty contests. For the intellectually and philosophically inclined, judging people by their physical appearance, appearances is anathema. As Joe, the, uh, the, the MP here, says, the focus on women's appearance has really... Got gotten out of hand, but she's focusing on the women's appearance. Yeah. Hmm. You know, to some extent, I, I empathize with this. I mean, to some extent, I, I agree with the, the at least the concept behind it that 
I think people are uh, in the Western culture obsessed with looks, obsessed with unrealistic beauty, and certainly Photoshopping has allowed for an airbrushing in the past, but Photoshopping certainly today has really allowed uh, for modeling agencies to take their girls and their, I guess, guys as well, but their their models to the next level of impossibility, uh, just to the point where they, they don't look like that at all in real life they've been so cleaned up and so touched up it they don't have a lot of the their human features that they otherwise would have they've just been completely wiped out and i think there's some value to if you've got kids explaining to them that they're okay just how they are that they don't have to strive for this uh this unattainable goal i mean to to look like the girls in those magazines is unattainable without an expert with photoshop i mean you can't they're they're too beautiful. They, you can't reach that level with no matter how much makeup you wear. And I don't think that uh, a, women should wear makeup. It's a downward spiral. Well, that's that's your opinion sure. on what women should or shouldn't do. They're going to do what they want to do. Right, I understand they, that. They should do what I just they want to do. I, I agree, though, that this is somewhat unhealthy, this kind of mentality of encouraging young women to attain this perfection status that I'm is unattainable. I'm not sure that's what the ads are doing. Most of the, and I'm saying ads because that's mostly what you see, that when you have models posing for photographs, it's usually either to get a product sold or to get people to read a magazine that is selling product. And I don't think the objective here is to say this is what you should look like. I think it's just playing on the fact that women in particular, and I am going to single out a gender difference here, women in particular are already driven to try to look, many of them, not everyone, but Many of them are already driven to look better than everyone else around them. I think there is a certain... Biological function? I, it might be more social than biological, but there's a certain competitive, competitiveness there with women where they do try to one-up each other. And you're, if you're going to be advertising a cosmetic project, pro, uh, product, you're not going to put somebody who is not touched up on the ad. There's no reason to do that. Well, what about men, though? I mean, um, if you're trying to sell your underwear or your cologne or your watch, um, and you put a beautiful man like me in the, in the advertisement mm-hmm. in order to sell that uh, <laughs> that item, I mean, is that bad? Is that Does that set a, a standard that, saying, that makes I, it unobtainable look, for all the ugly guys out I, there? I obviously haven't communicated this very well. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having beautiful people in your magazine. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I just think there is some level of uh, this impossibility that's there, and young people are encouraged that, you know, they are, whether they're told this explicitly or not, or if it's just a message that filters down through popular culture, the message is you need to look as pretty as uh, as you possibly can for whatever the reasons are. So you can well, win a man or win a, you know, hot girl or whatever, and I think that there, that we've got a lot of people out there that are so obsessed over their looks they aren't developing their minds, and I think it's very detrimental to uh, Look, Ian, society. The fact is um, that I have a certain amount of power in society from the fact that I have you know good diction and I can control the language well. Um, the fact that I you know have a certain amount of, of wealth. I'm not rich by any stretch of the imagination, but you know I'm I, you know the, the amount of wealth I have gives me the amount of uh, power that I have, and mm-hmm. and uh, that kind of thing. So I've got what I've got because of the assets that I have. Women, 
have a different role in society, which is fine. And some of them have found that they can use their beauty or enhance their beauty to get more power um, for themselves or more of what they want. That's and I don't fine, that Mark. There's anything wrong well, with I'm that? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with them uh, trying to attract a mate or trying to, you know, get a job over somebody else or whatever. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but I think there's an unhealthy attitude, an unhealthy obsession toward looking as perfect as possible. And if you don't see that, we'll come back with more. It's Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it is Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site, they're completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And some of those features include, by the way, the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, you can just click and download. They're yours free right there on the front page of the website, freetalklive.com. And audible.com is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. You can listen whenever and wherever you want, just like a podcast. Every genre, Audible has it covered, and they've got over 60,000 titles from which you can choose. Get yourself a free audiobook download when you sign up today. Just go to audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. That's audiblepodcast.com slash FTL for your free audiobook. Now, what I'd really like to hear in this conversation about young people, and I guess it's it affects older people as well, but this obsession that some people have in this Western culture in which we live over attaining some ideal, uh, some perfect perfection ideal of what someone should look like, what the human body is supposed to be, uh, this unattainable perfection. Because what we're talking about is how the UK is looking at maybe banning paint sh- or a, a photoshopping or touching up photos for magazines and i think that's outrageous I, yeah they use the term airbrushing which is very 70s and 80s but uh, i i find that outrageous and i'm certainly with you guys in that i don't think anything like that should ever be banned by all means keep touching up all those photos but i think that there's something to the point that there's an, a, kind of this unhealthy obsession out there with trying to reach this unattainable ideal. And I know that uh, I know how you guys feel about it. You're certainly welcome to keep commenting, but I do want to hear from some of our lady listeners. Hopefully they're out there and willing to call in on this at 800-259-9231. Am I blowing this out of proportion, or is this really uh, a problem am- oh, specifically amongst young women? But it also affects males, I think. Well, you you talk about this all the time. Uh, you, you, on the air, you've talked about it several times, and you and Julia seem to have a similar uh, philosophy on it. Um, at least, you know, that's the impression that I get, that somehow wearing makeup or... I don't know, I guess uh, sexy clothes or, or whatever is, uh, you know, it's a bad thing. And I can understand you not being attracted to it. That's mm-hmm. fine. My wife doesn't wear makeup. Remember? I think you're missing the point here. Uh, if you feel like you need to wear makeup to make yourself more attractive, I, you know, I understand that. That's your preference. 
But I think there's an unhealthy level of out, out there of encouraging people that this is the way things are supposed to be, that if you, uh, you know, you need to achieve this ideal, which is in many cases very unrealistic, if not impossible for these young women and, and young men, uh, specifically though, young women to achieve. I mean, go out there on the Internet, Mark, and look around at some of these forums where girls are talking about why they aren't perfect and what they want to change about themselves. You know, I, if there was one thing that they could change, if they had the money to go and do it today, what would you do? Would you nip tuck over here? Would you get your breasts larger, smaller, whatever? I, uh, people I, are not I, satisfied with themselves, and I think that's what the problem is. I think they're not satisfied with themselves largely because they have time to worry about such little things. That's true. And I If think, they were starving to death, it would be a different situation. Yeah, your priorities definitely, you know... What you look like is not a top priority when you don't have food or shelter, and that's why you probably don't see a whole lot of Rwandans that are obsessed about their looks. But I think it's probably a part of the human condition. I don't know that it's a societal right. thing. And, and that's that's the, the way that this is pitched, is that it's modern society and it's the media that's making these girls have these feelings. And honestly, I think that the media is imitating life. I don't think sure. that life is imitating Chicken or the media. egg. Did- right. And that's what I don't understand that you're complaining about. It's like you're complaining about bowel movements. It is part of the human condition. If I, I- was a guy, and, uh, if, I, excuse me, I am a guy, <laughs> and, and, and if I was worried about, uh, you know, gaining weight to be big, I used to be really wor- into working out, and it yeah. was my thing, and I would uh, weigh myself once a week, every week, and, and hope for a bigger, uh, you know, a stronger me. Yeah. And sometimes I would get it, and some weeks I wouldn't. But, you know, is is that unhealthy? I was working well, no, out I to attain something. Is the guy who's doing, uh, you know, 50-yard dashes for the Olympics trying to get a better and better I'm score? I'm not telling you. Is that bad? I'm that's not, what you're saying. No, These that's women not want this saying. to attain something for they themselves. They can't attain this. My, what I'm telling you is you can they get want something more unattainable. And I'm not telling you, Mark, that you shouldn't do things to better yourself or improve yourself. I just think that there's there's a there's a continuum here, right? There's there's so much effort that you can put in, and then there's a whole hell of a lot of effort and very little return on investment, and a whole lot of money that you're putting in for in what I don't think in a situation that will not actually improve your looks, just cake makeup on your face or whatever, or you know mess you up with plastic surgery. I think there's something to be said for staying healthy and staying fit, and I think there's something else to be uh, to being said, and I think Nick hit on it here, where it's it's really a it's all about how wealthy we are as a society, that people are so wealthy in this country and in other uh, Western wealthy countries that they have nothing better to do with their time than to uh, look and see who Brad and, uh, Anis- and Jennifer Aniston are dating this week and then pamper their face uh, with makeup and go through all, you know, all these processes to try to improve their, uh, their looks when they're not doing anything to improve their minds. And I think that's the real tragedy. I think that we've got a whole bunch of people out there that are very, very pretty but also very, very shallow. And I, I think that's sad, personally. That, so I don't know, maybe I'm still not communicating this well, but I'm saying there's a difference between being obsessed with your looks and just taking care of yourself, good hygiene, trying to look you know, as good as you can for who you are. Now, you know I have as much of a problem with uh, the misdirected uh, efforts of, of many Americans as far as sports and uh, celebrities. I, however, do not think that that's any more shallow than the time, the, the sort of, time that I spend my stuff on. I mean, what if your job is one of these e-entertainment uh, reporters and you make money from reporting on Brad and Angela and that kind of thing? You're just developing a market. That's all. There's nothing 
you know, like there's, there's there aren't very many people like that though, Mark. Uh, understood. That's they're just they're just feeding a marketplace. Well, These people aren't shallow. They're just misdirected. They're not dumb in that area. They're just misdirected. I didn't say they were dumb. Shallow is the same thing as dumb. No, that's not the same thing right. as dumb. Yeah, I mean, I'll agree that I I think it's a good social critique. Uh, I, I mean, that is where people seem to want to spend their time. Men generally seem to want to, many men seem to want to spend their time thinking about sports. Mm-hmm. And a lot of women want to read about fashion and celebrities. And I think it is unfortunate because I think it's a waste of human potential and Absolutely. human effort. But uh, that's our viewpoint. And if that's what makes them happy, then fine. But a lot of them aren't happy. A lot of these young women that are trying to attain this unattainable goal of impossibility because, again, the girls in those magazines are – you cannot be that pretty in real life. So they're not happy with who they are, and that's where the problem comes in, where they aren't satisfied with how they look, where they aren't they're, – they're never satisfied. No matter how much makeup they buy, no matter how many clothes they, they buy, it's never satisfying to them. And I think that's a very unhealthy uh, place to be coming from. So I think there's a bit of a continuum here, and I don't want to make it seem like I'm saying that because you put lipstick on that you're a bad person. No, there's a, there's a difference between someone who's happy with themselves in makeup or happy with themselves without or whatever, happy with themselves doing what they're doing to enjoy their life. And then there are people that are unhealthily obsessed with achieving something that is unachievable, and I think there's a big difference there. I think that there are people that are unhealthily obsessed with everything. Um, you know, you you pick it. They're unhealthily obsessed with it. I mean, do you? But do you have enough money? Do we have enough radio stations? Do we have enough listeners? The answer is no to all of those. That's but why I'm you're not, not upset. Are, but I'm are, not upset right. about that stuff, Mark. I I accept where I am here, and I know where I'm going to. I they're know that I'm, to, so I know what I'm going toward them, is attainable, sir, and what they are going toward is impossible. You're guessing. Okay, and I'm guessing your uh, Rush doesn't have enough radio stations, listeners, or money either. What are you talking so about? You know. I'm guessing. You're guessing what these people th- are thinking in their lives. You're simply assessing what they've said and assuming what they think. You go online. You I look don't at some, care. You look at some teenage girls and what they're saying about their body image, and, and then you tell me that. You tell me what you just told me. Yeah. I, I'm j- I just don't care, Ian. That's fine. I understand you don't care. I'm saying I do. I'm saying I am a little bit concerned for the general mentality of a lot of the people in this uh, in this culture. I think that the looks obsession is is deleterious and it is not a good thing. 800-259-9231. Not saying I don't enjoy pretty people. I do. It's the obsession that's a problem. Would love to hear from our lady listeners. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. You can bring up what you want. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site, they're completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. All right, so we'll continue here. Uh, we'll take your phone calls about whatever you want. I'm pretty sure we've hashed out this discussion about beauty and obsession, and apparently our lady listeners uh, want to leave us high and dry tonight, and that's fine. 800-259-9231. The topic remains open. Maybe uh, some of our podcast lady listeners will call us tomorrow night and tell us how they feel about the obsession, in my opinion, over achieving perfection, which 
It's not possible. You can't achieve the level of perfection that the models in the magazines have today because of the Photoshop factor. You can't even get to that point. So we'd love to hear from you. Let's go in the meantime to your calls about absolutely anything. Dan is on the line in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dan. Hey, guys. I have a story about some government bureaucrats and a friend of mine that's absolutely infuriating. But first, on the topic at hand... Uh, oh, great. I, I, I agree with, um, with Ian because here's the way I see it. There are two kinds of morality. There's interpersonal morality, which deals with the initiation of force. And then there's autistic morality, which deals what, with... I'm sorry, you broke actions. up just a, a bit there. There's what morality? Uh, autistic morality, which deals with whether your actions tend toward the fulfillment of your goals. And the reason I think that this obsession with beauty is objectively a bad thing is because if what they are doing is just making them more and more unhappy... I mean, like, for example, there's a girl I know who is absolutely gorgeous, and I only found that out a few months ago. I've known her for three years on the Internet because she refused to send me a picture because she believes she's ugly. Mm. Well, she's not. Well, you know, they say beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and that sure is true. So if, uh, if everyone thinks you're a beautiful person and yet you're constantly obsessing over your looks, there cannot be any happiness in that. And, you know, just like somebody who is sick and they're taking cyanide to treat their illness, I would say that there is an objective wrongness to that. If she um, thinks she's ugly and uh, she just, and it's been three years since that you've known her on the Internet, which is, uh, you know, I hesitate to say that's in fact you know her, um, it, how do you know the pictures of her? Well, I've seen her on video, too. I mean, that's hard to fake. Okay. Um, and th this is coming from somebody like, when I was in high school, there was this unofficial student newsletter that was published, and in one of them they had all the seniors rated on a scale of 1 to 10 on attractiveness. I, I was rated a 2. Mm -hmm. So I, it's not like I'm you know, nasty. talking from this position of being an attractive person. Did you just call so, him nasty, Mark? No, I said that's a nasty thing to do is oh, to rate okay. people like that. <laughs> oh, well, it was, it, was, it was public government school, so what do you expect? But yeah. I'm happy despite the fact that I am, by popular opinion, an ugly person be, just because I have chosen not to let that bother me. If I chose to let it bother me, I would never be happy, and that nope. would be... I think, it, by any account, a bad decision on my part. It would be it would become things. an obsession that you would never be able to satisfy because any time you fixed something about you, you'd find something else that you didn't like. And as you're saying, even with these girls that are on the scale of attractiveness very attractive, there's always something about themselves that they're not happy with. That they, you know, oh, I just want to, you know, fix my nose here, or my boobs aren't quite the right size, or whatever the issue is. It's sick. I think there's a sickness there. Yeah. Well, I think that, that there's a sickness to the extreme of anything, but I also think that pointing it out... The extreme is quite quite uh, easy to find out there, Mark. There are a lot of people that have this uh, this obsession. And and what are we going to do about it? Well, I'm not going to do anything about ever, it. Ever. I think the best thing you can do about it is if you've got children to give them a good, positive, healthy self-image of themselves and not uh, let them fall into this trap. I think that's the best thing you can do. You can encourage the people that you can touch personally uh, to do the right thing and to not fall into this. This It's another rabbit hole. You'll you'll never get to the end of it. All right. I, and, yep. and, and really, children are going to listen to their parents about uh, about how Maybe they're attractive. Maybe if you've got, and, if you yeah, if you've got a you know good uh, uh, level of communication with your kids, yeah, not, if you've got uh, an honest communication, sure. Actually, I think it's it is more likely I think that kids are going to form their own opinion of themselves based on f what friends tell them and other people, other peers that they're interacting with. Parents can lay a good foundation 
But I think to some extent it's out of parents' hands. I think individuals, when you're a child, it's very hard to actually make good decisions because you're still kind of forming your view of the world. There's no doubt about it. I mean, your parents are going to be an influence. They're not going to be the deciding factor. But I'd rather have parents explaining to their kids that they're beautiful because of who they are and because of what they want to accomplish and all kinds of internal things than just focusing on external things. Where, yes, you do have parents. There are the parental types out there that uh, have this obsession themselves and they pass this obsession down to their kids. So I think it's, it's worthwhile to say something rather than just sort of let it to chance completely. That's yep. true. All right, Dan, what else uh, was on your mind tonight? Okay. I have a friend he, uh, who married another friend of mine. They had their first child two months ago, I think. Yeah, about two months ago. So he's a new dad um, in, in his beginning of his second year of marriage, has a job delivering for a very large hardware company that you're all familiar with, but who I won't name. Okay. And he was delivering to a neighborhood that's being developed, and uh, the main road to this place hasn't been built yet, so he's taking the only other available road. Is he an 18-wheeler? Yes. Okay. He gets pulled over. Turns out there's a two-ton limit on this road, which is the only way through. So there wasn't a sign posted, Mm. but he was pulled over anyway. And... The you know he tells the cop there wasn't a sign. I didn't know that this that there was a two-ton limit on the road. And guess what the cop says? Ignorance of the law is no excuse. That is exactly what he said. <laughs> now this they charge uh, over or they charge by poundage. The fine comes back to him oh, for gosh. it's eleven thousand dollars. Wow. And. It doesn't look like the company he works for is going to bother paying for it, which I think, you know, I think there's an issue there. He's driving their equipment on their business. So, but but still, eleven thousand wow. dollars. And if he doesn't pay, if he doesn't pay, they'll suspend his uh, his CDL, right? Oh yeah, I'm sure they will. So I, I think he has a number of things going for him here. First of all, he has a sob story and it's very legitimate. So it, you know, it'll depend on whether the judge is a human or a or a cockroach. Mm-hmm. But He's talking to the magistrate tomorrow, but you know, so he's a, he's a father with a new baby. There really wasn't a clear sign, and I told him, you know, if the law says something about a properly posted traffic control device, he should, you know, take a picture of the area and show yes. that there wasn't one. Also, the cop told him, well, there was a sign about no trucks except local deliveries. So he was making a local delivery, sure. and the cop tells him that it had to be actually on that road to count as a local delivery. So uh, we'll see about that, but it's just. You know, it just fit in perfectly with I was listening to the Complete Liberty podcast the other day. And they were talking about how the government goes around initiating conflict. Sure they do. Where, you know, where in a situation where every, you know, everything's at peace and there's voluntary interactions and productivity, you know, the government goes around and just initiates conflict where there was none and then creates a situation where you have a choice between submission or violence. You know, the, you're and absolutely it, right, and they take it all the way to the extreme when they don't have to. I mean, in the case with with your friend... Had this been a more helpful police officer, maybe more of the peace officer variant, he could have pulled the guy over and said, hey, just want to let you know you can't be on this road. 
uh, you're going to have to turn around now. Well, I've got to get to my destination. Well, sorry, I can't let you on this road. And just have him turn around and leave the road. You know, the, the fine is, is, is over and above what was required there. Just correcting the problem, I think, would have been a, a good enough solution in well, that with case. Well, the, um, with the professional guys, they know they have them over a barrel. Oh, yeah. And, uh, but it's they, just not about service at and all. And many states have specific uh, departments, um, you know, specific police officers and uh, sections of their highway patrol, which are aimed at going after the truckers themselves. They make all, you know, the, the truckers have to deal with far more rules than, than you and oh, I Oh, yeah, do. they do. Federally licensed, all of that stuff. It's crap. It's an, it's an absolute I mean, they, mess. They're tracking these guys. They're telling them how many hours a day they can drive. They're just, it's, it's ludicrous. And they try to tell you that they're serving you, that there's, this is a service, and I don't want this service. I mean, just another example. Sam Dodson from ObscuredTruth.com was arrested last week, and he was arrested for driving while suspended. Now, the cops knew when they saw him in the courtroom on his that feet. That same day. Yeah. They knew already that he had a suspended driver's license. They did not give him the or do him the favor of telling him, hey, Sam, before you get in your car, you might want to know that we've found out your Texas driver's license is suspended. That would be, you know, a more service-oriented approach. I'm not saying I agree with driver's licenses in the first place, but, you know, we've got them. They're here. Uh, it would have been more service-oriented had they actually said something to him instead of waiting quietly for him to get in his car and then snatching him up as he drives away. Right. They don't offer a service. So thanks, Dan, for the call tonight and the story, and let us know what happens to your friend if you get a chance. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Still to come here, particularly disturbing news from D.C. And I know, Mark, you've had something you've been harping on me all night to get to. I forget what it is. So we'll get to it, though. Whatever it is. My life is a living hell. Hour number three. Did you say your life is a living hell? Yes. All right, more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You can bring up anything toll-free, 1-800-259-9231. We're launching here into the third hour of the program. Once again, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. As we continue here, we will take your calls about absolutely anything. And when we don't have them, we'll talk about things interesting to us. And Mark, you have a note from the White House. They just are sending out emails left and right. I've gotten some from Barack Obama. You've got one from the White House. What's going on? Well, this one's actually a blog post. Uh, it's at oh, I see. whitehouse.gov. It was emailed to you by yes. someone else. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it's a little disconcerting. All right. It says here, um, opponents of health insurance reform may find the truth a little inconvenient, but... As our second president famously said, facts are stubborn things. I assume they're talking about uh, Adams there. They, they don't actually quote him, just say second president. 
Opponents of health insurance reform may find the truth a little inconvenient, but as... Oh, excuse me. They um, also don't say what the truth is. Right. <laughs> they don't. Well, I would like to know what their version of the truth is. Scary chain emails and videos are starting to percolate on the Internet, breathlessly claiming... Are they scary videos like from Canada and other countries where socialist health care is in effect and people are having to wait months in order to just see a doctor? Well, is it's it videos a, like that? No, there there are emails out there that are making claims that just really aren't true about the uh, the, the health care uh, bill. But I understand why. It's 1,400 pages long, mm. written in such obscure language that the average it? person couldn't read it. Yeah. And our illustrious President Barack Obama Not lied to the American people and said that we would have all the bills online at least 72 hours before they were ready oh. to pass so that we could read them. But he's not going to do that crap until he rams his health care bill through because hmm. he's a liar. Oh. They all are. Absolutely. Right. And the idea that, I mean, you know, anyway, let me go on with this this post here. Yes. It's just sickening to me. So, for example, to uncover the truth about the president's health insurance reform positions. In this video, Linda Douglas, the, and there's a video here, the communication director for the White House's health reform office, you know she's lying because her lips are moving, addresses one example that makes it look like the president intends to eliminate private coverage when the reality couldn't be further from the truth. Oh, really? Right. He's actually going to... <laughs> he, he probably thinks... He may very well believe that uh, private coverage will continue in its uh, current fashion, um, you know, covering as many people, but... Obviously, he doesn't know anything about economics, if that's what he believes. Well, isn't it true that there is private coverage available in some of the socialist healthcare countries, but it's just very, very expensive? It's sure. for the upper upper crust. It's all it's going to be for. So maybe that's maybe when they say that they're not planning on eliminating uh, private health insurance, that's what they mean. That, all like, you have to it'll do it'll still be there, but it'll be for the wealthiest of the wealthy. We have um, we have a public you know this is public uh, health insurance uh, coverage. We have public education coverage. Your student is guaranteed, your child is guaranteed a an education from kindergarten through 12th grade in every state of this country. And if you if they don't get it on their own private private coverage, they'll, the, the public will cover it. Well, what has happened? Ninety something percent of the American youth are uh, are educated by its government. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we know what happens. It's clear. It's evident. I'm sure that if this was passed down, well, some people's kids don't uh, don't have uh, aren't getting a good education, so we've got to make sure we dump more money into you know covering people's education. This is the same thing. It's the same thing. You're going to get the same mediocre, crappy um, health care as you get education. Yeah, currently, except you might die in this particular instance. Currently, 20 percent or so we've read of kids graduate from public school functionally illiterate, and in some communities, it's as high as 40 percent graduate i'm not talking about the kids that drop, drop out, out before they graduate yeah. for the well, record some of those kids are smart <laughs> for the record the president has consistently said that if you like your health insurance plan your doctor or both you'll be able to keep them until you they go out of business right <laughs> he has even proposed eight consumer protections relating specifically to the health insurance industry and if he fails no one will hold him accountable no, no, these consumer protections, I don't know if they outlined them, but they're the ones we read recently on the air. These protections are going to be the death knell for these companies. The number one thing on the list is that they'll have to accept everybody regardless of their pre-existing conditions and cover those things. Yeah, That's enough right there, but there's more than that. Go ahead. I don't have it in front of me, so I can't read them off. Um, this is continuing with the blog post at uh, uh, whitehouse.gov. 
There's a, now, th- this is the, the most ominous. This last paragraph is the most ominous of them all. And I don't know. I'm not a conspiracy theorist on the, you know, or anything like that. Maybe a little bit. I don't know. But this just scares the crap out of me. There are a lot, there's a lot of in- disinformation about health insurance reform out there spanning from control of personal finances to the end of life care. These rumors often travel just below the surface via chain emails or through casual conversation. Since we can't keep track of all of them here at the White House, we're asking for your help. If you get an email or see something on the web about health insurance reform that seems fishy, send it to flag at whitehouse.gov. Hmm. Like a red flag. An email <laughs> that talks about health care, health and you know government health insurance or whatever government the government getting into health care and talks about this bill that's going through that sounds fishy that sounds like you don't believe it you should turn them over to the White House the executive branch the law enforcement branch of our government what could they do about who knows. That? I have no idea. They could do anything from, uh, you know, g- give you a call or send you a letter or an email, probably mm-hmm. an email, right? Send you an email uh, correcting what mm-hmm. it is that, you know, from their point of view, what it is that, uh, you, you know, you're you're uh, spamming out there. Can, can you slander? Or they could disappear you. What, 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 well, <laughs> I don't know if we're there Rendition. quite yet. You don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have know. no idea. You're right. It is a little spooky. It certainly is uh, continuing the snitch society, encouraging Americans to turn in their fellow Americans, and that's definitely disturbing all on its own i wonder what will come of this i i wonder if can you can you be sued for slander if you're just uh, attacking a bad idea what if you just are forward the the email to your friends I, I don't know. I don't know. My understanding is that if you're dealing with a political topic or you're talking about a politician it's virtually impossible to get hit with a slander or libel charge as yeah. things stand today, although there are, I forget the name of the nominee, one of the appointees that Obama has nominated to some, it was some obscure position, I forget which one, but he had written a book basically wanting to expand the definition of libel and slander and oh, crack yeah, down on that. internet speech because of yep. the misinformation that spreads online. So I definitely do think that the administration would like to criminalize this. And Scary not, stuff. I, I mean, that, that seems to be my impression. Barack Obama knows that he's not going to get his health care bill passed through in any kind of semblance of what it is. He knows that Hillary Clinton's failed in the past, and he's scared to, scared to death. Why can't he pass it? Don't they have a majority? It's just, no, it's not going to go through. It's not going to really? go through. I thought the Democrats controlled the, the House and the Senate. But, but, you you act like Democrats all vote together. They oh, don't. There's conservative Democrats do. out there. And yeah, they know their the constituents are out for blood. And they know who got fired um, last year for voting for the uh, the bailout in the first place. Hmm. Well, I appreciate the optimism, Mark. I mean, the public... well, that doesn't mean it's going to be good, Ian. I just told you last night on the show that the fact is we would have a better health care system, government-administered health care system if it came down from one person, one expert who set, who set it up, rather than having this mishmash uh, amalgamation, this, uh, this mediocre crap that we're liable to get. It would be a political compromise is what right. it's going to be. Which is going to be a disaster. Right. But 
So wait, you're saying something will go through, just not this particular version? It'll something get... always goes through. George okay, Bush I thought you the... were saying it wasn't going to go through. I so said it is in the semblance go... that it was in. Right. So um, it's... But George Bush put one through, too. He put through the senior pharmaceutical care thing so that seniors right. get their drugs or whatever. It, it doesn't matter if we get socialized health care step by step or all at once. We're going to get it, people. It, there's, there's nothing you're going to do about it. I don't see. Declare yeah. independence. Yeah, well, that might be the only option, actually. That, uh, oh, the Obama administration and members of Congress that are pushing for this, they're going to claim victory on it, even if it doesn't come out at all as they had promised. And it won't, mm-hmm. because it's a political process, and there's going to be a lot of favor trading going on, and we'll get something that they will call universal coverage. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It'll certainly be the first step uh, or another step on the path toward government-run, 100% government-run health care. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free, 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. You can go and edit virtually anything you see there, W-I-K-I, wiki.freetalklive.com. Now, SACL CAI is an organization that we primarily talk about their collections business that they do, uh, but Jason Osborne does more than just collections. He's a man that puts his money, he's the man behind SACL CAI, but he's a man who puts his money, his profits, where his mouth is, and, and he reinvests them into the liberty movement. And one of the things that he has at his disposal, Mark, as I understand it, is a call-out system. And a, a huge, extraordinarily expensive telephony system, yes. Right, and and so normally it's put to use doing business as far as making calls to people for collections, I, right. I imagine. But it also has you know other purposes that he can use it for, and that is to possibly help your liberty-oriented organization. That's correct. Um, and by your, I mean whoever's listening. I, you know, I wanted to read this email because I'm not very good at uh, explaining what it is that uh, that he's able to do for people. And he writes an email here just sort of uh, talk, talking to us about uh, something that we had been talking about on the air. All right. He said, Ian asked the other night um, why it was, would be that I would be involved in using my resources, this is from Jason Osborne, to influence politics. In case you are interested, here's my answer. I provide management services for mass communication. If you have large numbers of individuals to contact, whether it be by phone, mail, or robot, I can do that at a much lower cost than you can do yourself. Whether your purpose is to is bill collection, fundraising, pledge drives, appointment reminders, poll taking, sales, or just getting the word out. That's what I do. I prefer people not extend credit to individuals who will not repay. Unfortunately, they do that anyway, so I step in and help them reduce the harm done by their bad decisions. I would prefer people not expand, expend their energy on politics. Unfortunately, they will do that anyway. Sure. If I can, I will help them get done what they want at a lower level of expenditure than they would otherwise subject themselves. Why did I do the seatbelt uh, thing, Kratis? Research and development, proof of concept, advertising, etc. I'd like to say that, um, you know, I mean, basically, 
Jason's the one who stopped the seatbelt law from going through this year. I mean, certainly there are lots of other people that are are linchpins in this equation, but I think that Jason was probably the last linchpin. If it hadn't been for him, it wouldn't have happened, I think. So his system was utilized to make a bunch of phone calls to... To New round Hampshire up voters, basi- yeah, basically round up enough of the, you know, they they had lists of people that, uh, you know, were willing to be contacted uh, for political reasons, and they contacted them. They told them to contact their senators, and the senators tabled this issue, and it hasn't come back up. It could very well come back up next year, but it's going to come up the year um, after anyway because the the law is in New Hampshire that they can bring something up every two years, and it has been coming up every two years, and it's been stopped every year. But two years from now, there will be more free staters in state, and I don't think that the, you know I think that we'll have a better time stopping it than we did the last time. Maybe they'll stop introducing it eventually. It could. That would be nice. Assuming I had the apparatus set up already, I could have run that campaign for someone and charged only a couple of hundred bucks. Imagine a couple of hundred dollars as opposed to hours and days of wasting one's life, handing out flyers and taking, talking to people about politics. Mega suck. Yeah, that's, that's a great way to leverage technology for your movement, your uh, particular – I'm sure Jason would maybe like to be at least somewhat aligned with what you're doing. I don't know oh, if – Oh, he's, he's not going to do it if he doesn't like, believe in it. You know, the neo-Nazis can't just call him up and uh, you know, use his – Services. Nope. He's so not going to do it if he's he doesn't believe He's going to ask it. you what you're doing it for, but it sounds like it'd be a very useful service. How does it, how do people get in touch with him? Well, um, you know, the, the banners at uh, freetalklive.com. Okay, so the, go through the, Cycle CAI. Yeah, the, the, that's the best way to get a hold of him. You know, he's got his 800 okay. number there on his website. You know, he's very contactable. Great. Well, that's, a, that's an excellent offer, and it's much appreciated. And I'm sure those folks out there that are looking to get their message out uh, we'll take advantage of that if they're wise. 800-259-9231 is our number. Here's a disturbing story from the Daily Express in the UK. They call themselves the world's greatest newspaper. Hmm. Anyway, thousands of the worst families in England are to be put in sin bins in a bid to change their bad behavior, according to Ed Balls, the children's secretary. The children's secretary set out 400 million pound plans to put uh, 20,000 Problem families under 24-hour CCTV supervision in their own homes. Boy, the British government sure does love those CCTV cameras, don't they? They've got millions of them all across uh, the cities and the countryside and uh, in various different places. And now they're going into people's homes. They will be monitored to ensure that children attend school, go to bed on time, and eat proper meals. I'm telling you, this is not satire. This is real. And they will be monitored to ensure that, uh, excuse me, private security guards will also be sent round to carry out home checks, while parents will be given help to combat drug and alcohol addiction. Around 2,000 families have gone through these family intervention projects so far. So and it's successful. So this has already been happening. This is not a proposal, as you had told me off the air, Mark, you thought it was. It sounds to me like the 2,000 families have been victimized by having cameras forced into their homes. But ministers have bigger plans. They want to target 20,000 more families in the next two years, with each costing between 5,000 and 20,000 pounds, a potential total bill of 400 million pounds. Ministers hope the move will reduce the number of youngsters who get drawn into crime because of their chaotic family lives. As portrayed. You know, the biggest problem in England is that they don't have upward mobility. Um, you know, it's, it's, they don't have a system where people can break out of their class. That's their problem. The well, problem isn't how people are raised. It's, the problem is, is, you know, governmental and societal over there. 
there is more of a problem there with social mobility than there is in the United States. Significantly Uh, more. Although I have heard people from the UK say that the class system is not so nearly so prevalent as it was, say, 20 or 30 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> but look, I just listened to a, an article or listened to a story on NPR, and they're basically saying that you can't get into university to be a doctor or a lawyer unless you're, you've been through, a pri- through private school. Wow. That yeah, cuts they, out the options. Yeah, it definitely – there definitely is a different social se- setup there, and it's definitely much more stratified. According to the story, Sin Bin projects operate in half of council areas, but already Mr. Balls wants every local authority to fund them. He said, this is pretty tough and non-negotiable support for families to get to the root of the problem. There should be family intervention projects in every local authority area because every area has families that need support. And that's what we're here for, the government. We're here to support your family with our cameras. 24 hours a day. Yes, because they're going to be very supporting if they see something they don't like. Yeah. He said it's pretty tough and non-negotiable support for families to get to the root of the problem. There should be, I think I already said that, the uh, Shadow Home Secretary Chris, repeating. Chris Grayling said, this is, oh, this is interesting, Shadow Home Secretary. Now, that's, uh, isn't that the minority party? That's, yes, that would be the opposition parties, or the opposition coalitions, um, Essentially, they're equivalent to the Home Secretary, but he's not really in charge. So uh, he says, this is all much too little, much too late. So the opposition in this case is saying, y'all haven't gone far enough. Yeah, we reported on this on Free Minds Radio, and that was what really shocked me about this story was I was sort of expecting this story to come from the UK when they finally started putting cameras in the homes. But I thought there would actually be an opposition out there saying, maybe we're going a bit too far. But nope. that's the opposition saying, this just isn't Not enough. Far enough. It needs Need to be in cameras. every home. Need cameras in people's cars, too, while we're at it. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. So they're calling for more, and there's a little bit more to the story as well. Here in moments, we'll take your calls about anything. This is Free Talk Live. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks, and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark, join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Features including the Shrine of Female listeners, the updates, uh, live streams, and more. It's all free for you. Listen.freetalklive.com to get the live streams. Shrine.freetalklive.com for the Shrine of Female listeners. Updates.freetalklive.com for the updates. So head on over and enjoy it all free. Now then, we continue the story from the U.K., which... I know, Mark, you said you were disturbed by the, the email that came out or the, the blog post over the White House website asking people to turn in their neighbors if they or turn in uh, emails that they're getting about health care. But I think that pales in comparison to the frightening, scary story here out of the U.K. that they actually have already been installing 2,000 cam- uh, the, 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 uh, cameras rather in the homes of 2,000 families in Great Britain, and they're now planning on taking that to 20,000. Now, they haven't had that approved, and as Ziggy called in earlier tonight, he pointed out that it's his understanding that they're running out of money to, to the point where they're, they're not 
really able to afford all of their police state ideas. But suffice it to say, they want this to happen. Uh, both of the uh, sides of the aisle up there in Great Britain are on board with this idea. The opposition side is saying they need more of this. So the the side that's in power is putting cameras in people's homes, and the opposition to this are people that are saying, you're not doing enough. We need more cameras in more places, in more homes. Scary stuff. It is. And uh, the story is from express.co.uk, where the opposition Home Secretary, Shadow Home Secretary Chris Grayling says, it's all much too little, much too late. This government has been in power for more than a decade, during which time antisocial behavior, family breakdown, and problems like alcohol abuse and truancy have just gotten worse and worse. Mr. Balls also said responsible parents who make sure their children behave in school will get new rights to complain about those who allow their children to disrupt lessons. Pupils and their families will have to sign behavior contracts, known as homeschool agreements, before the start of every year, which will set out parents' duties to ensure children behave and do their homework. The updated youth crime action plan also called for a crackdown on violent girl gangs, as well as... <laughs> Is this like some kind of weird porn? As, as well as drug and alcohol abuse among young women. But a decision to give ministers new powers to intervene with fa- failing local authority youth offending teams was criticized by council leaders. One of them said they did crucial work and such intervention was completely unnecessary. So there's just no end to the intervention in people's personal lives there in Great Britain as things continue to spiral down into a uh, just a pit of tyranny. And I would point out that the article makes a presumption, and I'm not saying it's a bad presumption to make, but the idea here is that kids, children who are acting out, and I'm assuming children are anywhere between the ages of 1 and 18. They're not in school at 1, so 5 and 6. But they're not necessarily small children. There's very likely there are teenagers in this group that they're describing as children. And they're making the assumption here that the parents are bad parents. And I don't think that's always the case. No, they're antisocial, which means that they may have a different belief system from the people in the government. And it doesn't even mean that they're not trying to... Teach their children to comply with social norms. Very often, teenagers are, don't listen to their parents. In fact, I would say most teenagers, in some respect, dis, you know, disobey their parents and rebel against their parents. That's pretty natural. So the assumption here is, well, these are bad parents because the kids are acting out in whatever way the government seems to define that. And I don't think it's necessarily true that these are all bad parents. There might be a lot of them in that group of twenty thousand, but. Some of them might actually be trying to do the right thing, but their privacy is being taken away because their kids have gotten in trouble with the government for whatever reason. Right, and then they're on the list. And how the hell do you get off that list? I mean, The how government difficult... takes you off. Right, but how difficult is it to get off of their, their list of families that is uh, you're a troubled family? How, how many years do you have to have the government camera in every room in your home or however many rooms they, in, they install it in? I imagine it would be a fairly comprehensive system. What's the point in just putting it in the living room? You know, there could be beating uh, children going on in another room. So I don't, I'm not sure exactly how comprehensive it is, but it would seem to make sense that they would uh, really... I, I think what they've done is uh, they may be actually in government homes. And I'm not sure about this, and maybe somebody in the U.K. can uh, enlighten us, but 
it would be awfully hard to retrofit an existing home, uh, not that they wouldn't spend taxpayer dollars to do something like that, but what they may have is those families to move into some sort of government home it could be. where they could easily be monitored. See, the way I figured that would come about here in the United States is that they would go after ex-convicts or people that were uh, given sentences, that like some kind of reduced sentence kind of situation, uh, you know, house arrest. Basically, we're going to, well, you know, you're you're sentenced to having cameras in your home and not being able to, you know, be out at certain times or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because they already have monitoring devices that go around people's legs, so they can't go a certain distance from their home and, right. um, you know, things like that. So I figured like that color. would be that would be how it happened here in the United States when they put the cameras in people's homes. I really never thought of people that are on public assistance uh, getting, uh, you know, getting their housing taken care of, um, and have their kids causing trouble in school, but it could very well happen. Well, you're that making way the too. argument that you're doing this to help children, and that's usually where they start programs like this. And that's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up because whenever a government starts a program. It never stays as it was originally intended. They could have the greatest of intentions for whatever the program might happen to be, but it never ends up the way the original people, the people that envisioned the program originally had it in mind because it goes through that process that you were talking about before when we were talking about health care, the, the political kind of back-scratching, log-rolling process where one representative wants to get his ideas put in, so he vote, agrees to vote for another representative's ideas, and they put all of their ideas in and agree to vote together to, to pass this. And then uh, if the program gets passed, it doesn't look the same way as the original uh, inventor of the idea had come up with. So then the program gets implemented, and it begins to be uh, – it, it has bureaucrats running it, and then those bureaucrats get to submit ideas to expand the program into new areas that it had never originally intended to cover. And before you know it, after a number of years, the program looks nothing like what it originally had intended to do. And so, it also never succeeded with what it was they promised it was going to do in the first place. And it also cost several times more than it was originally expected to cost. So there are so many things that just – you can see see it program after program, time after time. So the question here is, well, what's next? I mean, we know they've done this to 2,000 families. We know they want to do it to another 20,000 families. Odds are good they're going to want another 40,000 after that. Uh, but where else will they go from here? What, what other reasons could they use to expand the camera systems into more people's lives? That's something to think about. What other things could they possibly uh, utilize as their excuse to put a camera in someone's home? Well, they could go after drug users, for one. Criminals. That's definitely one of the ones we thought was going to happen uh, here in, in America. There was a story out of Houston where the, the police chief, I think, was talking. Wasn't he talking about putting it in the, the, the homes of child molesters or murderers or something like it's that? It's always child molesters. I, I forget. It's, it's, it's always sex offenders. I forget the exact details, but yeah, that was going to be their end. There was one particular status of criminal where they were talking about putting cameras in their homes, and so that's a perfect thing because all they have to do is pick on the bad people first, and then before you know it, they're spreading it to everybody. So they'll go after the bad families, and then they'll bring in the drug users, because uh, got to make sure they're not uh, shooting up on the couch there, uh, and then they'll bring in uh, common petty th- uh, thieves and all kinds of other criminals just to, you know, as an excuse, because, hey, you were bad, so now we get to monitor you. 
And and people that are considering themselves the law-abiding citizens will sit back and chuckle and say, ha, 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 oh, those criminals are getting what they deserve, and I'm a good law-abiding citizen, so I'll just sit here and ha, ha, have a good laugh. It just expands and expands, and don't forget that America is incarcerating more people than any other nation has ever done, ever. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, it, it, sooner or later, it's going to be you, it's going to be your family, and, and, it, and it works its way on down the line. Also, I'd like to point out that this is another uh, you know, encroachment due to the fact that they're allowing plea bargains. Plea bargain and plea bargains are essentially unconstitutional, antithetical to the the whole idea of justice. If somebody's guilty, what do we want to give them a reduced sentence for? If somebody's innocent, what do we want to give them a sentence for in the first place? They shouldn't be plea bargains. More on the way here. You can take control even in these remaining moments. Your thoughts at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Enough time for your call at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those, including the Facebook profile at facebook.freetalklive.com. That's facebook.freetalklive.com. Join more than half a million people who've trusted LegalZoom.com for their common legal documents. You can cor- incorporate a business over there. You can c- create your will or a living trust, even register a trademark. They're empowering you and protecting you with common legal documents that people trust. It's LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save $10 off your order. It's fast and easy. LegalZoom.com. All right. Toll-free number again, 800-259-9231. Let's go to your phone calls about what you want. It's John in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Nick, and Mark. Hello, John. Gentlemen, how are you? Hey, John. You beat a speeding ticket recently, didn't you? I sure did. Congratulations on that. Uh, what was your, your approach for people that did not hear the story? Uh, my approach was that um, I will not pay, and you can send me to jail if the judge will not listen to common sense. And the state police backed down when they saw that I was serious about that. Um, you know, you go into court, and they want to bring you off to a side room. Mm-hmm. I had a couple of activists here, Cat and uh, Rich and Angel, and uh, I invited them. Oh, oh, Cat said, you want me to come with you? I said, sure. And I said, and waved to Rich, and I said, come on over there, too. And the guy says, oh, he brought the whole family with you, huh? I said, Sure. So we went to that side room where usually lawyers go. We weren't doing any lawyerly arguments or anything like that. Right. We were just like, uh, you know, I just, my, my point was, I was not doing what I'm accused of, and I just want to talk common sense to the judge. And if the judge doesn't listen, I ain't paying. So you this was a trial, lawyer. right? I mean, this was, you'd already gone through the arraignment. This was the trial. Yeah, that was, well, I, I, I guess the arraignment would be when I filed paperwork. It was for continuance because I used to be down in Salem, right? Mm-hmm. And now I'm up in Grafton. So while I was closing up down in Salem, it was like, hey, I can't really afford to go to jail right now, which is something to pe- for folks that are listening. Uh, if you want to do civil disobedience, obviously, get, you, get your stuff in order. So yeah. that's what I had to do, and I filed for a continuance. I don't want to file motions with the court or anything. I had to do that because I had to be willing, uh, not willing, I was clearly willing, I had to be able to go to jail. I had to close up that old condo that I had down there. And sure, sure. Yeah, you got to have your ducks in order. Absolutely. The bills have to be paid up. Uh, if you can, pay them up a few months in advance, you know, just to make sure that the people that are taking care of things for you while you're, while you're in a jail cell don't have to handle too much stuff. 
So there's definitely some things. If you are planning on doing an event of civil disobedience that you believe will result in you going to jail, uh, there's some sensible things that, that need to be taken care of. But you went into court, and you basically told the judge, look, uh, I'm not paying this. Well, right? I, never, I never actually went to the judge. Really? What it was was the, the, the guy that pulled me over was a state cop, and he said, oh, I'd like to talk to you in the side room where the lawyers usually go. Mm-hmm. And so Kat and Mitch and I all went in, and he said, oh, we brought the whole family? I said, sure. And he put his paperwork on the table. Now, I had prepared for a water-only fast because I was not going to cooperate. And I didn't want to talk about this and, you know, give you guys a call. or anything What was like that, that you just said? Because I'm, I'm going to chicken out somewhere along the line. So I didn't want to, you know, be ready, you know, on, on, on some grandstand like I was going to do something. But he said it was a water-only fast. Bottom line, water-only was, fast. I was, I, my, line, my thing was I was, not, I was not doing what I'm accused of, and I will not pay. And... Um, if if the judge will not listen to common sense, then you can all throw me in jail, and I wow. will give you my name. And I had I did not bring my glasses with me, and I told the state trooper this. I said, well, you know, he showed me his fancy paperwork there. He put it out on the table when we <laughs> when we went to that room. And I said, you know, I intentionally did not bring my glasses. <laughs> I can't read that. <laughs> I, I wouldn't nice. be able to understand it even if I even if I could read it. So wow. I, I said, why don't you tell me what. One thing about that, because he explained about how he's all certified and and the, and the radar is certified, yeah, you know, plus or minus one mile per hour. I said, what does? By the way, what does your paper of the work there say that I was doing? He says it doesn't say. That's what I say. What? That's what I was thinking. I get these guys beat, and you know, because it's one man against another, and I was going to use you know not a complicated legal argument, but he's one person and I'm one person. Supposed to be equal, and he's supposed to have to prove I'm guilty, not me prove my innocence. But I was holding my line. I, I guess the bottom line in all, all this, Ian, and and anybody else listening, um, I held my line. I said, you know what, this is just so wrong. I'm not going to do it. Well, even if you were jail. speeding, you still wouldn't pay, would you? I'm, I'm not sure. Okay. All right. Well, I don't think I, we've had success with activists who were speeding that have not paid out here in Keene. It was uh, Nick Ryder who successfully did that and had the uh, was found not guilty. Actually, yeah, when all I, I consider that because I, I was actually at the end of Nick's trial. I, I actually traveled out there, and uh, I think on that day there were several things going on. So I arrived at, at the end of that. He was making the Tenth Amendment about the Tenth Amendment argument with the. Uh, you know, following arbitrary rules of slavish and whatever the NH. So you uh, talked to this guy out in the hallway, and then he, what, disappeared, came back and said, you can go, or what? Yeah, so, so the guy says to me, he says, well, he says, well, I won't be the one going to jail. And I said, you know, I looked at him kind of funny. It's like, obviously not. Mm-hmm. And then so he, you know, that was supposed to be intimidating, I guess. And, the, and his word all comes down to, don't be intimidated. Yes. And he went back, and then, then he said, you know, now I'd like to talk to you again. And he back in the side room, and Cat and Rich came back in there with me. And he said, "Listen, he said uh, you don't have to do this if you don't want. But if you're willing not to go to trial, we can set this on the shelf for six months. And if you're not caught at excessive speeds or drunk driving or anything like that, then it just falls away." Hmm. And I was really itching to go before the judge, but my objective was to not pay. Yeah, and that would. So I was like, as much as I was like, 
I want to beat these bastards and just I, I want to talk. You did. You did guys, beat them. So I mean, that's... all I want to do is talk common sense to the judge. Whether whether John John whether you were in the courtroom or not, you beat them at that particular juncture because they backed down. I mean, they obviously they they still stole your time. You probably would have rather been at home reading a book or doing something else with your time, you know, playing your guitar or something like that. Yeah, um, I'll tell you a funny thing again. When we came back here to Grafton after that, I, I joked and I said. You know, all this talk of limited government and anarchy and all this stuff, or whatever we want to call it, oh, it's all crazy. Because I learned today that the system actually works. Oh, except for the fact that they wasted my time on the road. I had yeah. to file their damn paperwork. I had to have, you know, go out of my way several times. Other than that. You minimize the damage, and you should be congratulated for standing Seems up for like yourself. To me. I think that you, you know, in this considering the circumstances, it was, uh, I think, one of the best outcomes. So, what were you calling in for tonight? I kind of sidetracked you. I know you had something else you wanted to talk I'm about. I was just going to say, actually, I called about something else. Uh, apparently, and I don't pay any attention at all to, to national politics anymore because um, I don't give a damn. I think uh, I think New Hampshire ought to just recede. Yes, sir. And uh, secede, or whatever we want to call it, yep, evolve, secede. and all that stuff. And uh, apparently the uh, current administration, whoever they are, has some plan to do national health care, mm-hmm. which is you know, obvious that any you – know, if it was a Republican, they'd be doing the same thing. It's just stepped up with the Democrats. Yep. But they're, they're going to arrive in uh, Grafton tomorrow, and I guess they're going to visit Keene as well. Who? The current administration, the Obama administration. They're on like some sort of tour, some sort they're of promotional tour? tour, dude. You're going to tell us how good they are. Yeah, I think they do have town hall meetings going on around the country. So well, I'm, I'm just the reason I was calling in is to say, folks, if you're an activist anywhere, get in out Hampshire, there. Come on out, go out. If you have nowhere else to go, come to Grafton. Go yeah. Try to find out. I don't know. Well, anywhere around the country, where, where do you find this information out? You don't know. No, people told me. Okay. I, I'm just working up here at the farm. And I'd like to know I'm, because I'm doing the Grafton wagon thing. The, my activism is making it look real pretty here. And you're you're, you're an amazing guy. Up. Thank you, John, for the, the call tonight. I appreciate okay, hearing from you, and hopefully the activists will, uh, I don't know, somebody will figure out when those things are happening, because if we know when they're happening, we can go and do, uh, we can bring out people and we can attend, just as we did today at the Keene Police Department's uh, here in Keene, New Hampshire. They had one of those little cop day things, community day, where it's kind of an open little invitation to anybody that wants to come and have hot dogs and watch somebody get tased and, you know, watch the dog go and bite someone that kind of thing uh was you know they show off all their their toys and things like that so i went and i made i uh changed my badge you can see my badge hanging up in the room there mark uh it normally says i'm recording on the bottom of my badge and now it says police hugging squad and so sam and i sam from obscuretruth.com uh meg was also there our newest blogger at freekeen.com we went around the, the the police gathering, found all of the officers in uniform, or as many as we could, and offered them a hug from the, the Keen Police Hugging Squad. I and, can tell you Meg's much more huggable than you two loonies. Yeah, uh, the, Rick Van Wickler from the jail uh, didn't want to hug me or Sam, but he did hug Meg twice. Uh, but, <laughs> who, who wouldn't? But we did, uh, get, we did get some hugs, though. I have to say that uh, I would say about 50% of the police that we approached did Give a hug to another guy, which you know, was great. It's nice the way they treat the mentally ill there. Nick, quick, what's coming up on Free Minds TV later this week? Uh, a certain U.S. state has banned SpongeBob SquarePants lighters. You'll get the story later this week at FreeMindsMedia.com, and we'll see you tomorrow night at FreeTalkLive.com. Attention. 
all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.